You are listening to Taste of Blonde. Hello, my sweet angels. Pour yourself a fucking drink for this manic Wednesday of an episode. As always, look at we're being consistent. I'm not going to have this intro be very long because you know what? Like I'm ADHD. Like I don't want to sit through a long intro, so I'm not going to make you sit through a long intro. This week, we are joined by Sophie Ross. She is an all-around just cool gal. We fucking love her. She has some unhinged dating opinions. She gives us a little overview of like dating influencers and her opinion, you know, a little call her daddy hate in there. Um, And she also just like slanders dating rules, which I love because, you know, we don't fuck with dating rules. So I hope you come out of this with, you know, just feeling like empowered to be your fucking self, on the first date if you want get drunk on the first date if you want stop taking life so seriously like we live in a simulation it's fine anyway i hope you enjoy the episode i will reiterate for yet another week please slide into my dms with any feedback okay love you guys bye we are joined with a super cool guest sophie ross she is a pop culture columnist twitter queen is how i would better sum it up um she comments on influencer trends all that good stuff and i thought she'd be perfect for the podcast because she's super unfiltered has a lot of unhinged opinions you know we really appreciate a good hot take but enough of me talking i'll let sophie introduce herself tell us who are you where are you from how old are you what's your relationship status and a bit about what you do and how it all got started yeah hi thank you for having me um i guess okay my name i'm sophie ross i am a new york based writer i am from cincinnati ohio originally and my relationship status is i have been dating my lovely boyfriend for i don't know i guess it's been like 10 months almost a little shy of a year um and yeah that's a little about me did I miss anything no no, you're good I love how you're like I I don't know like how long have we been together I know I'm like I actually don't know like it feels like so much longer than it's been because it hasn't even been a year yet so but yeah he's he's a great guy you probably you said that you heard me on we met at Acme and I was only dating him for like a few months at that point we recorded that in like January um so yeah still together Oh my God. Amazing. I love that. And how did you get started with this whole like Twitter thing, your columns, everything you have going on? Yeah. So, um, it kind of just happened. I formerly at one of my old jobs, I basically got a blue check mark. So like I didn't really establish any sort of like audience before I got a blue check mark. I had that when I had like no followers. I just, it's because I worked in a media company. It was Refinery29. So I got a blue check mark and I think that just helped my tweet stand out. So honestly, it's a little unfair. And I know people complain about blue check marks all the time, but I'm like, it actually really did, I think, help me grow my audience having a blue check mark. Even though I started with like no followers, I slowly built my audience. I realized that people like really liked my opinions and takes on things like the way that I hear that all the time, how you describe my tweets as like unhinged. Like I get that literally all the time. And I'm like, it's just me being me. And I guess people like enjoy that. So yeah, it really made me, um, 
start, and I've always been in the media industry and writing and stuff like that, but it really made me ramp up some of my writing and launch a Substack because I know that, you know, again, people seem to enjoy my opinions, which I really appreciate and I don't fully understand, but yeah. Oh my God. I love, I love how you're like, I didn't really like deserve the blue check mark, but like I got it and I roll with it. <laughs> from there I also like don't really have a niche I feel like I feel like you're kind of just like commenting on everything yeah it's kind of like what I put out sometimes it's like I wake up like this is the thought that comes to my head like the world needs to hear it right and I think that something about me is that I and I say this all the time that I have like ADHD, which makes me absolutely fall into rabbit holes. And I've actually been diagnosed with it. I'm not just like saying that I'm medicated for it. Like I have ADHD and it made so much sense when I was finally like diagnosed as an adult, but I fall into rabbit holes and I get like really obsessed with things. And that's why, you know, some people have discovered me from like long threads and things that I'll like just, you know, last week I was really, and I still am in deep with like the daily harvest drama that's happening. So it's just kind of like whatever I'm like falling into at the time, I'm like, let's talk about this guys. You're like, this is like my current hyperfixation. Like yes. I get all your problem. Like Exactly. So give us like a little bit of a lowdown on like the influencer, like dating influencer kind of scene, your thoughts on that. Um, I actually had found a Reddit thread that said you were the hero that we never knew we needed. Um, what thread was that? I have to find it. It was like, I think it was like a call her daddy hate thread or something. Oh, because I wrote a sub stack recently about her. Oh, yeah. Like um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Call her daddy snark Reddit. I have seen that Reddit before. I'm not like a frequenter of it. But um, the NYC, I think that a lot of these influencers are not like qualified to be giving advice, even though their followers really think they are. Like Tinks is one of them. Um. And I, I generally like some of these people, but it's like Tinks. There's like a TikToker and she actually followed me on Instagram after the Tinks substack that I wrote after like I reported on kind of Tinks's drama, old tweets, whatever. Um, she started following me on Instagram. I didn't know who she was, but I guess she's like a TikToker. Her name is The Jar on TikTok, but like Ellie Rallo. Okay. On Instagram. And so I really wasn't familiar with her. I followed her back when she followed me. Anyway, so those are just like a few examples. There are like a couple more that I'm like not going to name. Alex Cooper, for instance. And but Alex Cooper doesn't really like give dating advice anymore. It's just like her interviewing like Spencer Pratt and stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like some of these girls are not qualified to be giving advice like I'm not like trying to like call anyone out but like that's why I think some of the advice everyone should take with a grain of salt when they're like oh I'm trying to think of like and I talked about this on we met at Acme I said I hate the advice if he wanted to he would why are we treating men like they're like you know what they always do exactly what they want to do or they never do what they don't want to do you know what I mean it's like I or I said that wrong, but you know what I mean? That like, there are lots of times that we don't do things we want to do or vice versa. Like to act like men will always do like the exact right thing is like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it's good to make an effort. It's good to show someone you're interested in him. Like there's nothing wrong with you making an effort. 
Like, if he wanted to, he would. Well, like, what if he doesn't think that you want him to? So, like, I don't know. I think stupid rules like that. I'm like, what what makes you say that? Like, I just, I really get very frustrated by some of this, like, advice that I see. I feel like some of those, like, it's kind of like you have to, like, take what you want, like, leave what you don't. But then people start following some of it. Like, it's like a fucking Bible or something. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like, it's what works for you. And I guess this brings me to like my second question. I wanted to ask like, what is like your, your most, so actually there's two, like what, your most controversial dating opinion. And then what do you think is like the most problematic advice out there? Which I guess is like, maybe you've touched on that. Do you think? Um, so I'll start with my most controversial, I guess. Apparently this is controversial. It's like totally okay to have sex on the first date. Like, and get drunk on the first date, have sex on the first date, because the right guy will think that's the best night of his life. And it was like the most fun time of his life and will want to do it again. And the right guy will not be like, wow, she gave it up easy. I'm bored now. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you can sleep with a guy on the first date. And I think even some of these, like, really sex positive, like, I think that that's almost problematic, that, like, these sex positive. And I I get the angle of, like, well, you want to preserve your own feelings. So, like, I guess that's part of it is, like, you know, we get more connected when we have sex, whatever. To me, I I feel like I've always been able to put up a barrier there and been like, you know what? It was just like a one night fling, not meant to be. It was fun, but like wider pastures out there. I think that some girls can, some women can take it more personally if it doesn't work out. So like maybe I get that, but I think that personally it's totally fine and the right guy will like love you more for it. Um, I mean, that sounds wrong, but like, you know what I mean? Like they won't judge you. I feel like there's, you almost protect yourself more and there's more power in just not thinking about when you do it. Like, it's like, if you want to have sex on the first date, you have sex on the first date. Like, if you want to wait till the second, you wait till the second. If you never want to see them again, you never want to see them again. But it's like, when you're making the decision based on, like, how you think someone's going to like you because of that, it's like... Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think that like so much, maybe like the problematic dating advice would be like trying to manipulate a guy into liking you by like playing games or like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's like so much advice is kind of like manipulating a guy to like you by being like, no, I'm not going to have sex with you until, um, at least six times that we've been hanging out. Um, I, and I wouldn't say that's like manipulating, like that's a bad example, but like, I feel like a lot of this dating advice is about like, kind of like tricking a guy and being like, I'm this cool girl. I don't care. Like blah, blah, blah. And I feel like, I don't know, you shouldn't have to trick a guy, the right person into liking you. You shouldn't have to play games. Like I think that just all the advice around playing games and not texting and playing hard to get, it's like, it's just dumb. Yeah, no, I don't, I really don't fuck with, like, the whole, like, only drink this much, like, sleep, I I think, like, just sleep with them whenever you want, like, yeah, don't put too much into it. That is something I'll never agree with, with, and I'm glad that Lindsay and I got to, like, hash it out on the We Met at Acme podcast, but the two drink date rule, and I saw, like, Serena Kerrigan, who's another dating influencer, she, I think, said this recently, too, um, that you should never have more than two drinks on the first date. And Serena used an example of like, I got drunk and had sex. And it's like, okay, like clearly that's an issue for her. 
But I think that that's such a generalization. Like my, and I said this on the podcast too, that my first date with my current boyfriend, um, I was like sick in the bathroom from like drinking too many margs. And it was like the best date ever. So do what you want to do. Don't let anyone make the rules for you. Yeah, no, I, and like the whole, like some are like, oh, like a first date should only last two hours. And then it's like, okay, like your time's up. Like we got to go now. Right. That's so weird. Like my favorite dates that I've ever been on have lasted hours. And sometimes we moved, we moved bars or like went to one of our apartments. Like those are the best dates. Like that's how you get to know someone. Actually though. Yeah. Like one of the best dates, like I went on, I brought him to like fucking four different bars and then we ended the night at like some club, like he hated. And like, then it was like a whole like chaotic shit show, but it's like, you don't, you don't remember the dates that you had like one drink and then you went home and you waited for him to text you. The only dates I can think of that lasted less than two hours were like the bad dates where I was wanting to get out. If it's a good date, like it should last all night. So I'm glad we're on the same page about that. I do kind of understand like this stuff of like, taking hints of like someone's energy and not like chasing them and like whatever and I have I do have like a hard time being like more vulnerable which is like something I'm working on but so many of those dating rules I'm just like what is going on yeah it like it really doesn't have to be a prescriptive thing it's like you're hanging out trying to meet people I think even if you have like a bad date I'm like wow, that was really fun just to like get to know someone random and see what they do for work and like what their story is. Like that's interesting to me at least. I don't know. I feel like it's just, it doesn't have to be this like big, scary, like weird thing. I feel like it's, you have to put less pressure on it. And I think the way that some of these dating influencers give advice is like, oh my God, this is the end all be all. Like you have to like do this or wear this or whatever it is. It's like, it really is like one date out of your life he could be your person or he could be your, you know, some two hour date that you never remember. Like just, it's so casual. I feel like we just need to stop putting, and that's why I said, I would like, stop putting the prick on a pedestal. Like it's, we put way too much pressure on, on all ourselves, I guess. It just adds like a lot of you start overthinking like every little thing. And it's like, I think at the end of the day, these rules are like almost designed to like protect their ego and Mm. like but if you don't follow them and like you know this person doesn't like you or like you went out on a limb you sent a text they never answered it's like at the end of the day like what do you lose like you don't you're missing out on a connection that like isn't for you yeah yeah exactly you have literally nothing to lose yeah no that and I I love how you said like we need to stop pretending like guys make all of the rules yeah and that's how these these dating influencers operate. Like Tinks, for instance, has like, I guess it's called the box theory, where she's like, when you meet a guy, he immediately puts you into one of three boxes. Like wanna date, wanna just have sex with, never wanna see again. And it's like, why are we pretending that, why are we making things up about men? Like, we're pretending that they, like, make all the rules and that they're, like, calling all the shots. And it's like, no, that's that's not how it works. Men are normal human beings. Oh, I have heard of that theory. And I don't know if I can think of, like, anything that's, like, defied it. But, like, it's like, why are you, like, summing this up, like, so simply, I guess? What about like just meeting a guy and being like, oh, we could be friends. Like, I guess, yeah, male friendship doesn't exist in their worlds either. 
Oh, honestly, there's so many like guys I've met off Tinder that like I straight up just ended up being friends with. Yes. I, oh my God, I have kept in touch with guys I went on like dates with, didn't go anywhere, but we've like stayed friendly. Yeah. Like we'll still go for a drink now and then. I've tried to set like some of them up with my friends. Like, funny. Yeah. Like that's what I mean too. Like it just, yeah. You, I feel like this was summed up. I wrote down one of the tweets that you had. Um, you said, how about we normalize reminding women that healthy and mature relationships come from being vulnerable and transparent and not playing toxic mind games straight out of a 90s Cosmo article. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And I can't remember exactly what, like, inspired that tweet. But I think that, yes, like, all of these influencers are really, like, like you said, kind of, that vulnerability you are risking getting hurt like but that's just part of life and it's part of dating and it's part of like growing and learning is sometimes you're gonna get hurt sometimes you're gonna get your heart broken sometimes you're gonna feel rejected and feel stupid but it's like you never know until you like you said you have nothing to lose you have to like just put it out there and you kind of get what you put out there and a lot of these dating rules also are about like like yes toxic mind games and playing hard to get it's like you're gonna get that energy back if you're playing hard to get you know it's like put out the energy that you want to receive back and yeah it's very yeah I feel like you end up in like a very like push and pull sort of scenario if you're Mm -hmm. like kind of and yeah that's also like not the basis for like any good relationship and I think like there's also like social cues in the sense of like yeah like don't text this guy like five times like if he's not answering yeah yeah But, like, there's also – I have, like, trouble with this, too, sometimes, like, because I don't always like to put myself out there. But then also if I want something, I'll just be like, okay, like, I'm going to text this person. Like, I want to see this person. And there's so much, like, power in just not overthinking it. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's kind of like the worst – like, worst comes to worst. Like, they just don't like you back and you move on with your life. Yeah. And, I mean, again, it's, like, it's just something that you, like, you learn and you grow from. And when I think back – over how and I've dated a lot and I've lived in New York City now for eight years I've dated a lot and a lot of guys serious relationships casual flings like one night stands whatever like when I look back at some of the guys where I was like this is the end all be all like this is my husband if it doesn't work out with him like I'm gonna be so fucking depressed and when I look back at that it's so funny it's like that was such a blip on the radar and I could not care less about this guy. Now I actually follow him on Instagram and I'm like really happy for him and his new girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not, it's not that serious. Yeah. It's, it's never that serious. And oh my God, my like first heartbreak, like I never thought I would like feel happy ever again. It was like really hard. Like my first like bad, just breakup, heartbreak, just, you know, you, you feel like it's, you're never going to be happy again. And now I look back, I'm like, thank God he broke up with me. Like, thank God. Because like, you know, he, that wasn't my person. Oh my God. I hate to sound like Serena Kerrigan where she's like, rejection is redirection. But like, I hate that. I mean, it's like a nice line, but like, whatever. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it just, it takes time sometimes, but all of those moments where you feel like it's the end of the world because you've been rejected or you feel heartbroken, you're going to forget about that guy in like two months. I promise. 
I also feel like those like messy, you know, like situationship, like boy who doesn't like want to date you or you get your heart broken and like all this shit, it kind of like shapes you into who you are. Like it helps you find like what you're looking for in someone and like yeah, kind of like embrace like the shit show like per se. Yeah, like it really does make you appreciate like the characteristics of someone that is good for you, I guess. I I dated a lot of fuck boys and I was like, this is what I deserve. Like, this is the love I deserve, I guess. The love, it like wasn't really love, but I was like, you know what? Like, like my, I was like, this is, you know, it's fine. My self-esteem was low. I was like, this is what I deserve and this is how it is. And, you know, eventually I worked on my self-esteem and I, my current boyfriend, like he loves me so much and like it's unconditional. I, you know, even when I'm stressed, like just last weekend we were traveling at the airport and got in a huge fight at the airport because we were so stressed out and thought we were going to miss the flight. Um, But it doesn't matter. Like he loves me anyway. And it's like, I don't know. I can't remember like where I was going with this, but I feel like, yeah, those, those fuck boys, it's all a learning moment. And you realize that like, you know, you have to sometimes just get your shit together and work on yourself and you'll find someone that actually treats you right. Like it's just a good thing sometimes to have those learning moments. I kind of want to go back to like the whole, if he wanted to, he would. Cause like, I kind I see some of it, but I want, like, I thought you brought a very like interesting perspective on this. Um, and I like, I remember, so when I listened to the We Meta Acme podcast, you were saying like, you kind of internalized this and it had like a lot of like negative effects on you, like while you were dating, like with this kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So it did. Yeah. When people would always be like, if he wanted to, he would. And I would think to myself like, oh, he doesn't want me. No one, no one's going to want me. I'm unwantable. I'm unlovable. Like that's why he's not texting me. Like he doesn't want me. And we keep like telling girls that it's like, he doesn't like you. He doesn't want you. I'm like, that would make me so much more sad. Like, I don't know why you think that's inspirational or that's going to make someone feel better. Sometimes life happens. Like, and if it makes you feel better to lie to yourself and pretend that, you know, they're going through like some big life change and that's why they're not texting, fine. Like, that's fine. And realizing that if he wanted to, he would. Like, you know, it's just sometimes life happens. If you're not reaching out, you'll never know. Like, a lot of this, we're just like, oh, he doesn't want me because he's not texting me. Maybe he was waiting for you to text him, but you'll literally never know. And um, yeah, I think that like, Serena Kerrigan, for instance, or whoever it is, they'll do like Q and A's and girls will be like, he hasn't texted me or like whatever it is. And it's and the person will respond. That's because he doesn't like you. He doesn't want you. He doesn't like you. And I'm like, that's so mean. I would have just said, have you tried like shoot him a text and just be like, hey, how was your weekend? Or like, what are your plans for the fourth? Whatever it is. It's like, sometimes it's okay. And like you said, there are social norms where it's like, don't text four times in a row and be a stalker when someone like isn't responding to you. Duh. But I feel like it's more so the other way around where girls are like scared to text, not like over texting. Yeah. And I also feel like it's just like not that deep sometimes. Like it's like if you want to talk to someone, like you like go for it, talk to them. I feel like it it really isn't that deep. I'm like okay with the whole like he just doesn't like you stuff. Like I can like, I'm like, I feel like there's kind of power in realizing that sometimes. But I also, it's just like, 
yeah, kind of like how you said, stop pretending like guys make all these rules and like they have to reach out to you. And it's like, yeah, like if a guy likes you, like they will like match your, like if you put in the effort, like you'll get it back kind of thing. And if you don't, then it's like, yeah, like it's just not like the connection for you per se. Right. Um, And I love how you said kind of like, it's assuming like they're in a certain place. Yeah, you're assuming that they're in the place where mentally where they are going to like just go after everything they want, that they are going to have the energy, the emotional bandwidth to jump into something. It's like, again, sometimes life is happening. Shit is happening. You're assuming that this person is like mentally, there are so many times where I don't text people for like weeks because I just don't have the energy. Like I'm, whether I'm feeling down or I'm like stressed with work, like it really does happen. And you'll never know if you never like reach out or show interest or whatever it is, if you're going to play the games and play hard to get, okay, then they'll match your energy. You'll just never know. But yeah, it's like, you're just assuming that guys are like always going to do exactly what they want to do. It's like, they don't always do that. So yeah, no. And I feel like if you do that kind of stuff, you're going to end up like attracting the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay. I, I feel like I am the fucking worst for on the podcast, like hating on men all the time. <laughs> but like you did raise a good point where you're like, you know, sometimes men need like affirmation. Sometimes like they're anxious as well. Like sometimes they doubt themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And that's totally true. And I feel like I kind of see it because I feel like sometimes I come off like a bit intimidating. So like I've had guys that are like, oh, I just like didn't think like you liked me. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like we assume that again – guys, men don't need, you know, reassurance or positive affirmations or text first. Like that is sometimes what men need to kind of feel confident enough to like, you know, be like, oh yeah, she is into me. Like, okay, that's exciting. It's like some guys need that. Like my boyfriend, for instance, his love language is words of affirmation. And it's like, that's good that I, you know, right away was showing interest. If I had like played by these rules, he probably would have been like, oh, she's just not into me. Like, I don't know. It's again, it's like we have to stop assuming that men are like these like impervious, like all knowing beings when they're just like normal human beings with emotions and insecurities, just like we are. And I know, and I feel like it also, like, this kind of idea, it frames, like, this whole, like, a guy chasing you and wanting a relationship with you as, like, some sort of, like, goal that you need to attain. Right. When it's not, it should be, like, a mutual thing. Like, oh, we like each other. We're into each other. We're hanging out. Like, it's not, like, I don't need to be, like, courted. I think that some, I guess, Lindsay from We Met at Acne, it sounds like she loves being courted. And you know, never pays for dinner. I'm like, that must be nice. Cause I sometimes do pay for dinner or split dinner with my boyfriend. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a mutual thing. You know, we can like take it one day at a time, see how we both feel, check in with each other. It's, it doesn't have to be like a guy courting a girl. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that serious. (laughs) It's re- it's really not that serious. I feel like the whole language like kind of scares me. I'm like, this is like not a fairy tale. Like I do like this is just way too much. Like take it right. down. We don't need this hallmark moment. Um, but you also like kind of touched on like you can miss out on a really good connection by playing these stupid mind games. 
Yeah, exactly. Like if you're if you're playing hard to get, not texting, not even texting like thanks for dinner, or, I got home safe or whatever. Like that's one of the rules too. It's like you're playing it safe and you are potentially missing out on a connection because again, it's like a man might a man might want to hear from you after a date to know that like you're and of course he should text you too. In that scenario, I think after a date, if he's into you, he should text you. But like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're not putting that energy out there, you you are definitely going to miss a connection. Because again, it's like not all men are the same. And they're not all, like I said, impervious, all-knowing beings. I feel like it's like very like rigid a very rigid approach to dating and like what I liked about like what you had to say about it is it just like I always say like go off like stuff how stuff makes you feel mm-hmm. and like kind of go like with that energy and I because like by the sounds of it like when you met your boyfriend like you showed up you were like your like messy authentic self like which was that day drinking way too many margaritas mm-hmm. and I think like you can you end up finding like a connection that's a better like match for you because you're just you're not like focused on how they're perceiving you. You're just being yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point. Like you shouldn't be, you know, anything but yourself. You should be completely authentic. And I think if that means, you know, if you're trying to fit into these rigid rules of like not drinking, not having more than two drinks on the first date, not sleeping on the first date, you're not fully being yourself. You're not fully showing up as yourself. If that's something that you would normally do. And again, it's like the right person. You want the person that's going to fall in love with you to like love every version of you. And if you're just being yourself like and they love it, that's amazing. If you're kind of trying to be someone you're not and fit into these like rigid and worrying about how he's perceiving you, like is that the guy that you want to fall in love with you? This he's like seeing some weird like version of you. I don't know. I, I totally agree. And like on this like note of like authenticity. So like even like how that plays into like the persona like you have online and stuff like that. How did like how have you been able to just like show up as your like total like unfiltered self? You mean like dating or online? In general, like because I just feel like you're so like yourself, like whether anyone likes it or not. And I love that so much. Like, I feel like you just put stuff out there and you're like, yeah, like a lot of people are going to be like, I love this. And some people are going to fucking hate it. But You're just doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's no other way in today's day and age to really build an audience or do anything if you're not authentic because people can sense when you're not being authentic. And people can also sense when you're being yourself and people love that. And I've realized that, you know, sometimes like positive affirmation helps when I'm doubting myself and I get like, you know, nice DMs from people saying they love what I do or they listen to my podcast or they love my writing or whatever it is. It's like that really like sometimes I'll be having a terrible week and I'll read a DM and I'm like, oh my God, that's like amazing. It just encourages me to like continue just being myself and it can get hard I feel like especially on Instagram and I'm way more into like Twitter, um, Instagram, I feel like it just makes me feel insecure about myself like all the time because like there's, I follow so many influencers that I probably need to like unfollow, but they're always like perfect and well manicured and perfectly groomed. And yeah, it makes you, and they have like artsy photos and they're always like summering in Europe and like doing cool things and it can make you feel insecure. But again, it's like, 
you are who you are and you need to like realize that even when you're feeling pressure to conform based on, you know, how everyone else is acting on social media, which is like clean girl aesthetic, whatever it is, like you just have to do you. And my advice for anyone who's just like on the internet and like is trying to like grow an audience or not regardless, like just be yourself. People can sense when you're faking it. And yeah. I think like even like in regular life, like the more you like show up as like yourself, like you're going to attract like better friends, like better Mm -hmm. like partners, like when you're dating, like I just, and I guess I just want to touch on like, how have you dealt with like backlash or like criticism, like doing what you do? Um, like have you had any like, like big, like where you just got like a huge reaction off of like something you said? I don't think I've ever had like really, really, really bad backlash, thankfully. Like in terms of my audience getting mad at me for stuff, um, not really. Like I can't think of anything that's that's had a lot of backlash, but there are definitely like those moments where someone's like, I don't know. I can't even think of an example, but there are definitely moments where someone, I think the other day, for instance, I commented on an influencer how she kept wearing she's like she's the perfect groomed like beautiful influencer that i'm like thinking of one of them and she's summering in europe obviously and all she's wearing is like matching sets and i'm like i'm kind of bored like i feel like you should be doing a little styling like it's just boring like put together your own outfit like i'm bored of the matching sets and someone was like I usually love your takes, but commenting on someone's wardrobe is not it. And I was like, wait, did I just like do something problematic? I feel like a wardrobe is fair game or their clothing choices. I mean, I think that's what it said. Clothing choices. Like, I think clothing choices is fair game because it's like it's clothing choices. You're not body shaming anyone. You're talking about like, and she's stunning. And I said that in the tweet, I'm like, she's stunning. I'm just not agreeing with her clothing choices. But I guess that was problematic. So it's just like sometimes there's always going to be some someone that gets offended by something I tweet. And that's just like how it is. People are just way too sensitive, I think, these days almost. I loved how, like, you, like, slandered Lindsay's dating rules that she's like, come on my podcast and talk about this. Like, I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah, no, I thought it was really cool of her because a lot of people that, like, you know, I'll, like, have beef with, one-sided beef on the internet, they're like, fuck this girl, like, block. And Lindsay reached out to me. So I thought that was really cool of her. Like, any, Like, anyone, like, you probably will agree with like a handful of like my dating takes but then there's going to be some that you're like why did she fucking say that and it's like that doesn't mean you can't like have a back and forth or like a conversation about it yeah and I think it was a productive conversation like we didn't change each other's minds but I feel like we're both open to each other's sides of the coins okay I have to ask because I try to find this everywhere like in your tweets why do you call Nick Vile your arch nemesis I hate him so fucking much. I despise him. There is no one I loathe more than Nick Vile. Hey guys, I'm Nick Vile. Like I cannot stand him. His, there was like that one video that he posted. He was like, Hey ladies, just because he leaves your, his toothbrush at your place, doesn't mean he likes you. Hey ladies, just because he brings you on vacation just means you're a good fuck. He doesn't like you. Like it's all like so condescending and like misogynistic. And he like posted something the other day where he was like, 
I'm so sick of hearing about narcissists. And it's like, because you are one. And he's someone that, for instance, is not qualified to be giving dating advice because he's, what, a 42-year-old man dating a 22-year-old woman? Like, that's weird. So, yeah, Nick Vile, no thank you. I was like, I do like like some of his takes, but there there are some that I mean, the whole like oh like just if he hasn't made you his girlfriend yet, like none of this matters. And I was- met him in person years. It was like literally 2015. It was like when I was like new to the city. It was right after I think it was Caitlyn's season of The Bachelorette. So Nick Vile was like hot at that point. You know what I mean? Like everyone thought he was hot. Um, and I thought he was hot and we took a picture. It's like still on my Instagram and I'm like, I need to like print out that picture and then like cut it, you know, like in Mean Girls and like put it in a burn book. I'm dead. Before I give us your like hot take on the call her daddy like scene. Oh, I just think that. I mean, and I also I don't know if like anyone listening to this listens to me on Mondays on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, but I've talked about this on Ryan Bailey's podcast, that I just do not think that she's funny or talented on her own or interesting. Like Sophia, and you just see it now that they're like both doing their own thing. Like Sophia's podcast is very much enjoyable, listenable. I listen to it. And like those types of podcasts are not my thing. I listen to mostly like like true crime and like serious podcasts. Like I really don't listen to like fun pop culture ones, surprisingly, even though I do them myself. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just think that Sophia is like so funny. She's so clever. She's so smart. Um, You really just notice like a stark difference, not only between their podcasts or like, and like their, um, Instagram, like how they interact with their fans and how they are on Instagram. Like you, there's such a difference between them. And Sophia is the one I would choose all day, every day. So it just sucks that, you know, Alex is the one that got this $60 million Spotify deal that I really feel like they're trying like to recoup at all costs. Because why has she had a spread in New York Times, LA Times, Nylon Magazine? Like, I feel like they're they're paying for all this PR to try to recoup the cost and try to blow up the podcast, but it's not good. It's like not a good podcast. Like, I really don't know who enjoys it anymore. Like, it used to have like the sex, like dating advice and sex tips and all that that Sophia still does. But Alex Cooper doesn't do that anymore and call her daddy. So yeah, I just think that it's kind of like a, a scam. Like, I really just don't think that like, it's worth its salt at all. I've like, I've listened to both, but I don't really keep up with it. So I was like, so curious, like your, your hot take on it. I also loved how you were like, um, host of the sex relationship, mental health celebrity interview. I have no idea what to describe it as. I don't know how to describe call her daddy. Cause like, what even is it? Like, I don't even think she would know how to describe it. Like, it's just a mess. It's a mess of a podcast, in my opinion. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to talk to you. Where can everyone find you? Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. You can find me on Twitter. I guess that's my main medium at Soph Ross with four S's at the end, which is annoying, but I can't change it now. And then my Instagram handle is Soph underscore Ross. I have a Substack. I was going to say weekly newsletter, but I've been really bad about being consistent this summer because I've been traveling so much. But 
I'm I'm trying to be consistent with it. My Substack at um Substacks dot oh no, it's sophieross.substack.com. Yeah, I was about to do it backwards. And then I also do a Monday podcast with Ryan Bailey called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. We talk about pop culture, TV, reality TV, all the fun stuff. And my own podcast, So True with Sophie Ross, is on a hiatus right now, but we're going to be back later this summer. So yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. And thanks for listening, everyone. Okay, friends, I hope you're a few margaritas deep by now to manifest your next boyfriend because it doesn't matter how drunk you get on the date. You know what? You can even sleep with him on the first date. It's literally fine. We are literally fine. We're doing great. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. And again, reminder, please give me feedback. Be brutal, okay? Like, I, I need your harsh opinion. Okay. Love you guys so much. Bye.